0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd, alhamdulillahi we continue with the lesson of Min Adabil Islam, discussing the etiquettes of a Muslim Islamic manners as it was explained and compiled by the great scholar of Hadith, Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghuda. And we continue from page 22 in the English translation of the original Arabic text in which uh, we were discussing some of the adab and the etiquettes with regards to entering with after taking permission, whether it be the room of one's parents or family members or whether it be a house. On page 22, the statement of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas, عنهما, <coughs> concluded, seeking permission is obligatory for all people. So taking permission when entering uh, a room or the house of somebody is of... Utmost importance. Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud anh, said, A person should seek permission when entering the room of his father, mother, brother, and sister. Sayyidina Jabir anh, also said, A person should seek permission when entering the room of his children. So it doesn't mean that because children are obliged to seek permission when entering the, the room of their parents, parents may just enter without seeking permission when entering the rooms of their children, permission should also be sought. Most of these narrations have been recorded by Imam al-Bukhari in his book Al-Adab al-Mufrad, which is a compilation of hadith by the famous scholar of hadith, who also prepared the most authentic book of hadith after the Qur'an, which is Sahih al-Bukhari, while some of them have been quoted by Ibn Kathir under the above-mentioned verse. On page 23, we continue with some of the other adab and etiquettes. If you enter a place where people are asleep, whether at night or during the day, be quiet and gentle. Be considerate. Do not cause any undue noise when entering or exiting. Rasulullah said uh, in the hadith which we discussed last week as well, مَا Whoever is deprived of gentleness is deprived of all sorts of goodness. Sayyiduna Al-Miqdad ibn al-Aswad, who is a companion of Rasulullah sallam said, We used to keep aside Rasulullah ﷺ's share of milk, and when he came back at night, he would greet us with a voice loud enough for those awake to hear, without disturbing those who were asleep. So this was a sunnah of Rasulullah sallam. If he came into the house, and it was a time in which some of the family members would be sleeping, he would still make salam, which is amongst the etiquettes, of entering the house for barakah as we discussed previously but it would not be so loud and audible that if somebody was sleeping they would get a shock and wake up due to the volume or the tone of the greeting in addition whenever Rasulullah used to offer salah at night he would recite the Quran with a voice that, that pleased those who were awake without disturbing those who were asleep so these are all etiquettes and adab which are essential to be found in the life of a Muslim and in fact the life of a human being because uh, religious progress or spiritual progress is not necessarily dependent only on the amount of ibadah that we do, but it also is dependent on how much of a human being we have developed to become. Because it is possible that if a person is not, has not inculcated within him or herself the good qualities of a good human being, then even if they have uh, a type of religious activity or function in their life, uh, it would not be of much benefit for them if they are not, they have not developed into human beings. And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described certain human beings in the Quran, He said, Lahum adhanun la biha. They have ears that they do not listen with, uh, and they have eyes that they do not see with. Kal hum these people are, these types of people are like cattle, nay, in reality, they are worse than cattle. So people uh, with. Developing in our religious responsibilities, our salah, our tilawa, our ibadah, it is of utmost importance that we learn to become human beings by inculcating these etiquettes and adab within our lives. On page 24, the author continues with the sunnah method of entering the house or a room, knocking and ringing. When you are at the door of your brother or your friend or associate or someone you wish to visit, Knock at the door in a pleasant way, which is sufficient to make your presence known. Do not unethically knock loudly or violently as a thug or an oppressor would do, thereby frightening its occupants. This is also important that when knocking, it should be done in a gentle way. Obviously, keeping in mind, if it is a big house and you know perhaps the doorbell is not working, then you would knock in in, in, in a manner that you know that the sound would reach the inner part of the house, And if it is a small house or you know that the people would easily hear your knock, then it should be done uh, in a um, polite manner. And he quotes a story here. A woman came to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, the fourth of the great illustrious Imams of Islam, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, and Imam Ahmad is the fourth. So a lady came to him seeking his opinion on a religious matter. She knocked on his door loudly and he came out saying, this sounds like the banging of a policeman. In other words, he uh, admonished her for n- being impolite in her method of knocking on his door. Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, reported in the book of hadith, Al-Adab al-Mufrad, that the sahaba, radhiyallahu anhum, used to knock on the door of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa with the tips of their nails, out of respect for him. So they would just gently use their fingernails or their fingertips and knock gently and politely on the door of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa out of respect and uh, reverence for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So etiquette and being respectful Is not something for which you require a proof Sometimes if a person is displaying some type of respect And good character to, uh, towards a fellow human being or Muslim Somebody says, well, where did you get that? It's not in the hadith, I haven't seen that But to show respect doesn't require a proof from hadith uh, Like a child doesn't require a proof a Sharia proof or religious proof of any sort, academic proof uh, to know that he needs to respect his mother and father Uh, these are things which are normally instilled within the hearts of sound human beings, normal human beings who grow up in healthy environments uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires them and instills within their hearts the ability to offer and show respect and adab to those who are senior to them and those who care for them Uh, so he says the soft and gentle knocking is appropriate when the inmates of the home are close to the door. As we explained, as, those, as for those who are further away from the door, it is appropriate to knock on the door or ring the bell loud enough to enable them to hear it without banging on the door. In this regard, the following hadith was mentioned earlier, gentleness adorns every act and the absence of gentleness tarnishes and spoils it. And this is something, it's a golden rule. That we should keep uh, in front of us, inshallah. It does not matter how much of uh, the the, the things of this dunya we possess. But if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala adorns us with these qualities, then your life becomes meaningful and wholesome. A person, And this is what happiness is, respected uh, brothers and mothers and sisters in Islam. Happiness is not something which is acquired uh, by things. Because it is possible that two people do not have anything of this world, but they enjoy one another's company and they are happy. And it's also possible that two people possess everything but there's no happiness. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with, with a gentle uh, 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 akhlaq and character and a person is adorned with that, then the, he has achieved and acquired a very, very great bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the quality of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa Gentleness adorns every act and its absence tarnishes it. In addition... Imam Muslim, rahmahullah, reported that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi also said, whoever is deprived of kindness is deprived of all good things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from, from hard-heartedness. In fact, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the greatest of the creation of Allah, the rahmah and the mercy of Allah to the entire universe, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honoured him and blessed him with the same quality of softness. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنتَ لهم it is through the rahmah and the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah had made your your nature soft for them for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Walaw kunta faddan ghaleez al-qalb lan faddu min hawlik. And Allah says in the Quran, "And had it been that you were hard-hearted and you were harsh in your speech, then your companions would have fled from your company." In other words, great Sahaba who loved Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam and they were prepared to give their lives for him, if uh, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had a harsh type of character and attitude towards them, then they would have fled the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then how more important wouldn't it be for us who do not possess the quality of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa of softness and his, his physical beauty, his spiritual beauty. If we adopt uh, a harsh approach towards people and rudeness and and uh, abrupt, then that becomes even Uh, more harmful for our development spiritually and in our deen. Then when knocking on someone's door when visiting someone, the sunnah method is one should allow sufficient time between two knocks. So a person knocks, there should be a pause in between. It shouldn't be a continuous uh, knock as if we are in a a, a hurry but there should be a pause. Sufficient time should be given between the two knocks to enable those making wudu performing salah, or eating to finish without rushing. Because it's very possible that at the time of knocking, that person perhaps, this is why the scholars, the ulama have suggested, that this interval be equal to the duration of four rakats of salah. So we knock once, and then we wait for a little while. Even if it means waiting for the duration of four rakats of salah, why? Since it is possible that a person may have just commenced the salah before you knocked on the door. What does this teach us? This teaches us consideration for others. This is what our Sharia teaches us, that we take into consideration the time and the the respect of other human beings, and especially our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters, we need to take into consideration and think good of them. So if a person knocks, think, okay, they haven't opened the door yet, perhaps for some valid reason they are unable to, to come. We should not think, oh, they're being difficult now, they just don't want to open the door for us. And this can happen whether it be a visit to family members Or a jamaat goes out to knock on someone's door We should always have husnul dhan And hold good thoughts towards our Muslim brothers and sisters And this is why we adopt this particular etiquette of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam To wait, to knock once And even if it means waiting for the duration of four rakats So one or two minutes and then we knock again If after three interval knocks you feel that if the person you came to see was not busy, he would have answered you, then leave. It's not below anybody's dignity to go without having met the person that you intended to meet. For Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has said, When any of you seeks permission thrice, and he is not granted permission, then he should leave. The words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa A person took permission thrice, knocked three times, and there was no response Then you should turn and go away While waiting for permission Do not stand in front of the door Rather stand to the right or the left So we're visiting somebody Ensure that we don't stand in front of the door Because in front of the door Would potentially mean that we could glance into the house Without permission Which is not permissible in 'ah. Sharia Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, He would come to someone's door He would avoid facing the door directly Instead he would stand to the right or the left of the entrance This is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He would stand on the right or the, or the left Another important etiquette and, uh, of the adab And manners of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We are taught is the following Answering who is it so when you knock at the door of your brother or your sister, you're visiting somebody, and they ask who's there, then identify yourself by stating your known name. Do not say me, someone, or somebody. And if it's a Molana, don't say Molana, because there's a lot of maulanas. If it's uh, auntie, don't say auntie. Say the name which would be easily recognized by the person that you are visiting. For these words do not inform him. As to who is at the door It is incorrect for you to expect your voice to be known to the person whom you are visiting Since voices and tones resemble each other And can be confusing Sometimes the voice of a father resembles that of his son Or the son's voice resembles that of his father And the daughter, her voice resembles the mother So it's important that, that we identify ourselves Sometimes people have this annoying habit of wanting you to guess who they are And it happens on the phone as well So their phone Assalamu alaikum Who's there? Guess who's speaking? Do you know who's speaking? If they knew who was speaking, they wouldn't ask who's speaking. So it's important that uh, we, we don't uh, play around with people's time and we address uh, them in a way that is easily for them, easy for them to understand who is at the door. Also, not every person in the home you are visiting may be able to recognize your voice. So you're saying, it's me. But maybe only the husband knows your voice. The, the children do not know whose voice it is. So saying me is of no benefit. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam discouraged one knocking at the door from saying it's me since this doesn't give a full meaning. So this also applies like I said to, um, uh, to phone calls. When we, The sharia is all encompassing and it has guidelines for every part of our life whether it be visiting a person or whether it be engaging with them via a phone call. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us the etiquette via Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so when you call somebody and they answer the phone and they ask who's speaking then the same rule would apply don't say it's me speaking or or give an ambiguous name which means nothing to the person that has answered the call Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim reported that Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah said I came to Rasulullah and knocked on his door he asked who is it so Jabir who was a senior Sahabi he said I answered it's me he said ana In the hadith the words, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said man He said ana So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Very annoyed said ana ana well, What's me, me? Me is not your name Give your name Then we know who you are So it is me uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi said uh, Is it me? Is it me? So this was actually Nabi sallallahu method of, of expressing his Disapproval of this type of response That you don't say ana ana Or just say it's me because every person, if they're speaking about themselves, it will be me. And that's not their name. Sayyidina Abu Dhar, anh, the famous Sahabi of Rasulullah, said, While walking out one night, I saw Rasulullah walking by himself. I opted to walk in the shade of the moon, and he turned around and saw me. He then asked, Who is there? I replied, It is Abu Dhar. So this is also important that we don't try to startle people. We don't try to give them a shock. Uh, this is... Uh, contrary to And this has been, is, is very common nowadays People make their the YouTube clips On how they give other people shocks This is contrary to Sharia We are not allowed to, to frighten A fellow a human being Or a fellow Muslim brother or sister and This is contrary to the teachings of And the etiquette of Islam Sayyidatuna Um The cousin of Rasulullah She was the sister of Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib Umm anha she said, I came to see Rasulullah sallallahu He was taking a bath and his daughter Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha was screening him. So it is important to understand that the, the Sahaba radiallahu and Rasulullah sallallahu when having a bath, they would take a bath with the lower garment on. So it wouldn't be a, a bath in which the body is completely unclothed. And this is why Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha was screening him. He was on the other side of the screen and he was performing his ghusl which is completely uh, f- fine and it was within the, the norm of the practice of that time that somebody is sitting and he's got the lower garment and he's using water to perform ghusl uh, so Sayyidah Fatima was screening him and he asked who is this? I replied it is Ummu So his cousin came to visit him and he asked who's there by the door and she gave her name. So the point here is it was a custom amongst the Sahaba that when visiting somebody and they are asked to identify themselves they would do so in the appropriate manner when you visit a friend of yours with or without an appointment and he apologizes for not being able to receive you accept his apology okay this is something nowadays which is very difficult for some people you know if they come and visit they didn't inform you before that they're coming and now they come and they knock on the door and you might be busy or you're not feeling well or there's some other engagement you have and you say unfortunately i can't see you now many people take offense to that Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran When you knock on somebody's door and they say Please not now, come a little later Then do that It is, it is better for you to keep your heart clean in this way That the person might be uh, busy As further on on page 28 The author says His personal affairs and condition of his house is best known to him It is possible that someone may, may have come up Or something may have come up Or that his personal circumstances do not allow him to deceive you at that moment and he has the right to ask you to, to excuse him. So uh, this, this is the rule again, this etiquette applies firstly to visiting, that when we visit and the person is, let us not um, force the person to, to tell lies. So whether it be a jamaat that goes or whether we're visiting somebody, don't say, no, no, I know your daddy's inside. So the, 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 the child uh, perhaps he's by the window and then you call the child and say tell tell your daddy and now the child is forced or the, the father tells the child uh, tell them that I'm not here so he comes to the door and he says my daddy said I must tell you that he's not here so inculcating lies into our children would also be a result of this type of contravening this etiquette of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when people are not comfortable they might be busy something might be happening in the house we all have conditions in our homes let us turn away in a dignified way and allow them their space. Um, based on this point, many of the ulama have highlighted similar etiquette and adab with regards to the answering of a phone. So when a person has made a call to someone and they haven't answered the call, then we should at least assume that they might be busy. So sometimes, uh, you know, accidentally in the masjid, a person forgets to maybe turn his, his uh, phone on silent and now somebody phones. And the man is now he is disturbed because the phone might be in a pocket which is in an awkward place. So now he can't reach the, the pocket and he hopes, okay, it stops. But then the, the, the blessed person trying to call makes a second call. So you have one call in qiyam, one in ruku, one in sujood. And the entire salah goes with call after call. So the person making the call, like when knocking on a door, the person doesn't respond. We taught in the Quran, the person doesn't respond. Then have the courtesy to understand or have husnul dhan, have a good thought that this person might be busy. Therefore they're not taking my call So this is the first etiquette of Answering a call based on this particular Adab and verses and teachings of Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa The second is بالمتصل, That we have good thought of the person calling um, uh, uh, the, person that is, the person that is Calling should have good thoughts Of the one that he is calling So when the call is not taken Then like it is told to the person knocking ارجعو, That go back If the person hasn't opened the door, the same would apply here. Think that the person might be doing. Don't say that they're ignoring my call. On the other hand, when you have received this type of call or you received a message that somebody came to your door, then at least try to reciprocate or call them back or contact them and say that I was busy, I was unable to. So this would be better for ensuring that the hearts are kept clean so people do not uh, develop uh, ill feelings towards one another that I came and I wanted to visit you and you didn't open the door for me or I called you and you didn't return my call. The third etiquette which we learn from these sunnah of visiting when making a call would be also to identify yourself and give your name. Okay, everybody doesn't have the identity caller uh, app on their phone and uh, they don't also recognize your voice. So when you're calling, identify yourself as we stipulated earlier. Another very important etiquette is, as the ulama say, do not record the call of any person except with their permission or their knowledge. So you're calling somebody; it is suul um, adab. It is very poor etiquette and something which is a, a, a lack of of self-respect and dignity to call somebody and, and 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 record the call without them knowing that they are being recorded. Okay. If you want to, say, listen, I'm calling you, to be talking about a particular mas'ala, I need to ask a question, and I'm recording it so that I have a reference afterwards to say that I asked you this question, and in that way it would be fine. Or if you know it is a mufti that doesn't mind, the, for example, the, the call being recorded because he wants the answer to be forwarded, then that would be fine. But in your normal conditions, we do not record a call made to somebody without their knowledge or without without their permission. This is unethical, and it goes against the adab and etiquette of Islam. Then another etiquette which we should remember is um, after you've spoken to somebody on the phone, switch the phone off. No, lock it. Because it could be accidentally you redial the person's number, and they hear, okay, no, he is at home. So they know that where you are, and it would lead to unnecessarily embarrassment of one's self or children, so lock your, your phone after it's been used Without at least you don't have to expose yourself to the, the, the danger of accidentally calling the person and the last etiquette that some ulama have stated obviously we're talking about contemporary ulama who say that based on these verses and ahadith there are etiquettes to every part of our life and specifically with our calls there's one habit that some people do have and they call it sifatul bukhala' Is a quality of the miserly and uh, where they would give you a missed call because they don't want to finish their own uh, data or their own airtime, so they give you a missed call. And some, uh, some people call it a miskeen call. You know, miskeen, miskeen. He wants, he's like a miskeen, he doesn't want to call, so he wants, <laughs> wants to use somebody else's uh, airtime. This should also be avoided. Uh, we should not be known uh, to be miserly and, and, and stingy. And these points have been derived by the ulama, based on the hadith and the explanation of the etiquette and adab of how to visit somebody and how to ensure that the purpose of visiting which is to, to instill happiness in the heart of the person you're visiting is not lost and rather than being happy they are uh, happy when you leave whereas people are supposed to be pleased when you come, not when when you leave continuing on page 28 um, the famous tabi'i qatada ibn di'ama a sadducee, rahimahullah said, do not remain at the door of those who decline your visit. You do have other needs to attend to whilst they are already occupied, therefore you deserve to be excused. So if they're not opening the door and they are busy, you've also got other work to do, you continue doing your work and allow them to do what they are engaged in. Imam Malik, rahimahullah, used to say, not all people can disclose their reasons. So everybody can't tell you uh, why they can't take your call. Uh, They might be in a meeting, they might be in the bathroom, they might be... uh, All those uh, things are important to take into consideration. In this slide... Uh, when it came to visiting our pious predecessors, the ulama of the past used to say to their host, perhaps you are preoccupied and cannot attend to us. When they notice that somebody is busy, then the, the guest would say, no, I can see you busy, don't worry about us, we just came to make salam, it's, it's fine. So they would make an excuse to leave early so that the person doesn't feel uncomfortable that now you know, um, I'm not ready to, to welcome this, this guest and um, they're going to sit here for a while. So by saying this, telling them that we understand that you are busy, we just came to visit you. It would make it easy uh, for the the host, and it will avoid any discomfort. Due to the importance of this etiquette, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says while mentioning the etiquette of visiting and seeking permission, Wa qila lakum farji'u huwa If you are asked to go back, then go back. That makes for greater purity of the heart. Many hosts become compelled and disturbed by the visit of someone whom they and did not want to attend to under the circumstances or may resort to lying not only do their children learn these bad manners but such behavior may lead to ill feelings and hatred in their hearts the Quranic etiquette provides a better alternative to such unpleasantness and protects us from lying by telling us when you are unable to meet the person then just say I'm not available now let us meet at a later later time inshallah Um, we have just a few minutes left and I'll just touch on this last part On page 29, controlling the eyes When seeking permission to enter the home of someone Avoid glas- glancing At its interior or within Its privacy now, This is shameful and detrimental Sayyidina sa Radiallahu ibn said, A man came to seek permission To enter the door of Rasulullah While facing the door Nabi sallallahu sallam said, turn this, turn this way Nabi sallallahu wa sallam told him, look the other way And he said in the hadith Inna the reason why we are instructed to ask permission is because of the eyes. Now a person, he hasn't knocked yet, he hasn't said assalamu alaikum, alaykum, but he's looking through the window or trying to peep through the keyhole. This is not permissible in sharia. The act of seeking permission has actually been ordained to prevent intrusion. So looking into somebody's house without permission is actually intruding and entering without permission. Sayyiduna Thawban, anhu recounted that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi said, a person is not allowed to look inside a house before being permitted. If he does so, he looks inside without being given permission. It is as though he entered, intruded the house, which is forbidden. Nabi Wasallam in fact, said, if somebody glances into your house and his eye is poked out, there wouldn't be a penalty or a punishment in sharia for that because he's not supposed to be looking into the house without permission. Sayyidina Abu Huraira reports that Rasulullah said, once the gaze enters the home, there remains no use for, the, for, for permission thereafter. A person is already looking into the house, so he's asking permission is basically uh, of no benefit because he already entered the house. Even if he's just with his eyes, he's entered the house without permission already. And uh, the, same, the same hadith I mentioned in Adabul mufrad and Sahih al-Bukhari on page 31. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to refine and purify our character and our mannerisms, and bring it in conformance with the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu so that we become good human beings. And in the life of this good human being, we then bring the Deen and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu This will result in us becoming examples and ambassadors for the Deen of Islam. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give us all tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin.